only Monday. I know, I'm so tired. Yeah. Anyway, so episode 14, Keelan, we're back. Yeah, and look at that, 14 episodes. We've been at this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all just merging into one. Every week is now one episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, so hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Keeping Your House Warm. Like we said before, we are at week 14. This is a podcast where we talk about random things, mostly about the New Zealand property market, because there's some interesting things the market is doing right now. Uh, one story later, we'll talk about um, a storage unit that sold for way more than what any storage anyone unit should expect. really pay for it. Yeah, a storage yeah. unit. But hey, Kieran, I'd like to actually start this podcast on another note. Um, how, do you, how do you like your workouts? Um, I, I, I like them that they don't break an arm or break a leg or i mean usually i'm going to end up being pretty sweaty and tired uh maybe, maybe the occasional tear only on the slight occasion <laughs> yeah i think i think that's the general consensus as long as you don't get injured but uh, a lot of gyms have opened up you know the past few years mm-hmm. gyms like uh bft i think that's that's the that's the most recent uh group nice. of like a franchise yep. gym uh before them it was f45 mm-hmm. and before that i think the most popular one was crossfit oh yes so that really took off uh now the reason why i asked you is that um so the acc basically they cover all um accidents that people have sports work compensation corporation there you go so that's basically um how you know that's 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 how how new zealanders really pay for their medical problems over here right you just Mm. go on the acc wait a couple of extra months and get it all paid off for free right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. essentially not very much out of pocket compared to if you're trying to do it all by yourself but um but yeah so i guess recently because of all these increases and people trying to get back into their old routines pre-covid trying to lose all this weight that they've put on since then i know i have i know i've definitely put on some weight and i'm trying okay but you know so as as people are now starting to go more intensely in shorter periods of time instead of leaning themselves back into it um, there's been an increase in injury claims from acc so acc has shown a new 279 in, in an active actually a 336 hit related injuries from 2020 to 2021 so hit is a high intensity uh workout so that's fast usually it's relatively light weights but it's a lot of jumping strenuous exercises that don't really take a lot of warm-up you'll do a very quick one but then you'll get right into it because it's meant to get your cardio get your heart rate up nice and fast yeah basically everything is fast paced for the next hour or so mm. and that's why they call it high intensity yeah the high um, intensity and it's part. actually this acc data shows that it's cost them around 100 and $78,000. Yeah, compared to the previous year where there was actually only, it was only totaled about 135. Yeah. So the problem with that is that you're probably gonna start seeing that push back onto us <laughs> as taxpayers, taxpayers. Uh, to, to, to correct, correct for that. Now, I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot right now, but the thing is, is that the government tends to like to over, they like to prefer to uh, prevent and instead of they prefer to be re uh, proactive instead of reactive right so they rather do things get ready in advance rather than wait till they come about so we'll probably start to see that as more of these injury claims start to roll in from acc um that you'll probably find that our taxes will have to 
most likely go up to try and cover that cost. That or they're going to have to cut costs somewhere else, right? Yeah, and it says in all the data here that um, the majority of the claims are from soft tissue injuries. So yes, lots of knee mm. knee joint problems um, after you know trying to get back into it too quickly. Mm. You yeah. know, no one ever is ready for it, right? Yeah, and the way they market these new gyms, it's almost like. Everyone is super fit already. Yeah, big muscles, which I definitely do not have. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, in a way, a lot of people, you know, look at these marketing campaigns and think I can do that. I'm going to do exactly what they ask, and not being realistic to their own uh, body capacity. Um, so it is, it is a bit of a risk. So it may, don't be surprised if your neighbor who's currently out on ACC is technically taking your money out of your taxes to then pay for his um, four months off on recovery. I think the, the point is just uh, if you do want to exercise, just take it easy. Just go slow for now and then get you work your way up to build, it. Build yourself back up to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess leading on to that, uh, suddenly there's a bit more of the, the other side of things is talking back on to, you know, where people will actually do these kind of high intensities and where are these people actually doing these workouts. Um, I think we actually mentioned it in a previous Podcast? Did we talk about F45? We haven't talked about F45 no, before? I think we forgot. Oh, but anyway, let's talk well, about it. Let's talk yeah. about F45 now. So for those that don't know, F45 is a CrossFit cult. I'm going to go with cult. I think cult oh, is the right word. I think I went there. I think cult is the right word. We're basically where, you know, if you join, you will get fit. Or if you're not fit already, um, don't come, right? So the expectation is that fit people stay fit or you get fitter. Um, you know, you get a tighter body, better abs, better definition, all that kind of stuff that comes with it. Yeah, they, they've definitely built a community to look like the fitter community. Yeah, yeah. So either, yeah, you join that way or you build up to it. If it doesn't work out, then I'm not sure if they'll accept you. I, I don't know how it works. I've never joined. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if it's like, I'm sorry, you're not pretty enough. Don't come <laughs> here. But it's certainly like you won't feel... Uh, as connected. As connected, yeah. Yep, yep. So F45 has been around for quite a number of years now, but they are actually now starting to have a bit of an issue where they can't seem to find that they're retaining enough customers. Uh, and so in the most recent news, F45 has actually just started to lay off staff. A so lot of staff. A lot of staff. So in New Zealand, they've just laid off 110 staff members from their branches. So the way F45 is is that it's like a franchised business. Yep, so the gym is, is that you pay for a membership, you sign up, you attend your classes, that's it. Um, now, their classes are generally quite a lot more expensive oh, than yeah. like other CrossFitters or even just standard gyms like City Fitness, $7 a week, $6.99 for a week. Uh, F45, I think, pays per class, right? And it's usually about $25 to $30 a class. So say you wanted to go three, four, five times a week, you're going to start looking at nearly $100 a week. Yeah, I think you can get like a yearly membership or a weekly payment, mm. but even then it's like $50 to $60 and you're only really allowed to use up two or three sessions a week. So you really have to pick and choose. And it is, it is really expensive for what they offer. And but I mean, yeah. it, has got P it has got a PT, but it's like a group PT session. So the way it works is a group session on a circuit, right? Yeah. And you rotate between all of these different activities. Yeah, I mean, personally, even though there is a personal trainer, you are sharing that personal trainer with everyone else. So it's not like you're paying like for $25 for a private session. So that's probably why it's gotten that cult label because they are... It's, you're, you're it's in quite exclusive. Group. It's exclusive, right? And if you're not in the group, you know, you don't really have the same circle of 
gym buddies and all that kind of stuff. But I think as a result of you know this exclusivity, um, some people are just not bothering to join up to them. And so people generally move on yep. and new people don't come in. And so they've now reached a point where they're actually starting to lose money. And as a result of that, they've, they've had to do these layoffs. Um, yeah. I think they called it a reason is that they're adjusting, right, to accommodate a changing macroeconomic environment, which I think is journalism or PR code for, yeah, we just don't have the money right yeah, now. We don't have the money. We just don't have the money. Yeah, it says here that um, the franchise was planned to have 1,500 new gyms pop out in New Zealand, but they only really got 450 forecasted. So that's... That's quite Yikes. a bit. So that's it is, a big difference. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, it's definitely a point of, I guess, New Zealanders just don't like the idea of crossfitting that way as much. I mean, I definitely know a lot of people who are in those, a part of their branches, but I don't see them sticking around for very long. They always end up going off and going somewhere else, right? Yeah, and I think there's always going to be a new, you know, workout regime that someone will, I, yeah, I guess... Um, exploit and market to people mm-hmm. yeah. because everyone has a different idea on how to get fit. Yeah. Personally, I just want to, you know, have some sort of stamina or... You just want to be the run without getting puffed out? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I don't want to be bulky. Like I said before, a lot of these um, ads from these gyms, they always showcase the really buff guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it kind of defeats the point, right? Because the whole point of going to the gym is to change from something you don't want to be. Yeah. And I guess that from the start, F45 has that image of if you're not it, don't come. <laughs> and I mean, what's wrong with what's wrong with the $7 city fitness membership or even a slightly more expensive one that gets you like gym classes and stuff? That's still way cheaper than going out for an F45. Yeah, maybe a lot of these guys are wanting that personal trainer to tell them or to push them into working out. Personally, I wouldn't pay 60 bucks a week for someone to yell at me. Mm. Uh, but anyway, everyone's different. You everybody's know? got everybody's into different things, yeah. right? And like unfortunately, if you know, if other F forty five gyms, if you know, if they have actually created a really great community for the people that they have, it's unfortunate that you've somehow been merged into this mm-hmm. terrible image that everyone else has um, seen for you. Has seen for you, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, it's unfortunate, but um, I think that's probably the way things are going. People are probably just, uh, with the way things are going in the markets and stuff as well, economically, I think people are probably just looking at tightening their spending. So we'll have to wait and see how they do. This just might be a blip for them and they might be right back to it in the next couple of months. But for now, uh, it looks like F45 is probably going to try and keep things on the down low. Yeah, Um, which is fine. Which is fine. It's completely fine. Uh, I think let's move on to the next kind of point or the next article we've got here, which is, um, would you like to live in a brand new 200-year-old home, Anthony? How do you explain it? Explain that to me. A 200-year-old brand new house. Yeah, kind of kind of sounds like a, an oxymoron, right? Like the it can't be old but new. Um, so yeah, it looks like there is a company here in New Zealand that's looking at taking a different approach to how they build their properties. So instead of building these incredibly modern um weatherboard cladded properties um you know side by side all very much the same they're looking at building these more olden um uh, georgian manors for people to live in and i mean i think that sounds pretty cool living in a manor uh <laughs> even, even though it's still going to be right next to the neighbor but you know these are looking like some more brick and tile cladded um homes uh looking to be you know quite simple but with modern interiors 
So you still have your nice indoors, you still got your lounge, your kitchen, your bathrooms, all that kind of amenities. But then the outside is this nice solid brick. And brick is a lot more of a secure building material compared to say weatherboard or um, plaster clad. Plaster clad is probably the is worst. Is it warmer too? It, it will be in the sun because it'll hold the heat um, and then it'll dissipate it out during the day. Um, one thing though is that once it gets cold, it's a lot harder for it to warm up because it holds in the cold as well. So you've got both sides of the of the ball there. Yeah, and it looks like from um, this article, it's saying that one of the streets that they've, they've built these um, olden style new builds, mm. um, the starting prices are from six seventy to six seventy five. So they are, com you know, comparatively to let's say something like Williams Corporation builds, mm. they're, they're generally at around the same price. So it's not too much more expensive for that that style you're looking for. Yeah, for that style. And I mean, I actually kind of quite like it personally. I think I, I prefer brick if I can. Brick is just, I'm, I'm more of a fan of like a nice exposed brick wall. Looks great. Love it. And the look itself, it just, it screams New Zealand. Yeah. You know? It definitely, it screams like that old, uh, like a little, little cottage on a nice green rolling hill that you see sheep running around on the outside um, not to say that these places aren't going to be central and really accessible to everything but you know it's just what you think right like when you think of new zealand or you think of these olden style places these newly built homes are what comes to mind right yeah uh so the, like everything's square yeah everything black and white <laughs> yeah it's everything's monocolored all very straightforward right so the company that's actually doing these is called uh, brooksfield development uh, it looks like they're the ones that are going out and trying to put an olden spin onto a new way of developing. Um, so yeah, I think like Anthony said, the, the homes are actually not getting priced too much above what you would pay for just a standard weatherboarding property. They're primarily building in Christchurch. Yeah, so no, no plans for Auckland at this stage. Not yet, but I'm guessing if they do, um, if they do expand to, to Auckland, these will be snapped up because every, like I said, all the new builds are looking the same now, mm. and if they're purpose is to look different yeah people are going to want them yeah because i mean like i live out in flatbush right and everywhere along there it's the same house for miles and miles and miles it's just copy and pasted a hundred times over so i think it'd be really nice for someone out there to be able to get like just that little bit of difference you know if you're gonna go out and spend 600 700k on a house wouldn't you want it to look a little bit different from your neighbors you just want it. You just want it saying to prove that it's your own, right? You want to be able to point it down. If somebody showed you a bunch of pictures of houses and go, "Yep, that one is mine," I want to point it, point it out, and just be like, "This is mine. This is my difference." So I think these guys are probably doing something that's really cool. It's really great. Um, so hopefully, we can start to see more creative, copy and pasted builds, so that we can start mixing and matching <laughs> and having these creative kind of streets. Yeah, um, which would be really good to see in the future. So yeah, please. Feel free to go check out the Brooksfield Development Company if you guys are interested in looking at getting some of their older, newer homes. Mm. Um, I'm sure they would love to build one for you. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's you know, it's different. It's heritage like. You know, it's 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 not too modern and it doesn't look like your neighbor's um, new build. And if Auckland is going to turn into a new build city, then it'll be nice to look a little bit different anyway. Yeah, nice to yeah. splash, splash out and give us a bit of a different, um, yeah. a different uh, picture. For yeah. some of our suburbs. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, moving on to uh, an update, Keelan. So the house price index of July 2022, and it looks like a lot of the regions in New Zealand have dropped below 1 million. For a lot of people, they're probably quite happy right now. I find yeah. out that their um, their houses or uh, the the region has dropped. So yeah, so for New Zealand to really drop that little bit in the um, that price to really take us below that one million mark, um, that may be the difference for some people between going, oh, you know what, it's not worth trying to buy into. Oh my God, look at that, we've now got a chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably the flip side of that though is that the lending side of things have tightened up. So that's probably why. That's probably <laughs> why, right? So they go hand in hand, right? When one rises, the other one falls. Mm. So lower interest rates, higher house prices because people can afford to do more of it. But, you know, uh, now that we've finally reached a point where house prices have dropped, some for some people that had just kind of been sitting on the fence, this may be the trigger that they need to go, cool, I might actually be able to actually afford a house now. Yeah. We've got the deposit um, or we've got the, the income to be able to support that loan. So let's go do it. So it's, yeah, in a way it's great news, but in some areas of Auckland, obviously it won't change as much. It is a house price index, so it's sort of the average of the cities. So just for example, uh, in the Auckland region, the average value is still sitting at 1.4, but in the last three months it has it dropped 5.5%. Mm. So it doesn't look as significant, but as Keelan was saying, if it does make or break it for you, if you're a first home buyer, mm. then it'll work out. Um, in Hamilton, it's dropped 4.1%. And I think the biggest one here is in Napier, it dropped 7.2%. So that's that's quite big. It could be some, it's some big differences. And I think it brings it back to the point of where where is the demand at in your area, mm. right? If the demand is to, for people to live in Auckland, then, then you're probably going to find Auckland is still going to be relatively stable. But for those more remote suburbs that maybe didn't have that demand there in the first place, you could you could see that literally nothing changes for them because yeah. there wasn't any demand there in the first place. There still isn't any demand now. Um, so they're just going to keep sitting there right on the line yeah. um, without any real change. Yeah. One region that I find really interesting, I think mainly because the borders are open now, uh, the Queenstown Lake Districts, <laughs> it's still sitting at 1.6 mil. So higher Damn. than Auckland. I don't even know. If there's no negative on this. I think it raised 0.2%. It actually went up. Oh, okay, never it mind. Actually did, it actually did go up in value. <laughs> um, so, you know, Queenstown, for example, for people now that the tourist industry is starting to return, people are probably going to start finding that Queenstown is back to being popular again. I feel like we keep bringing it up, Queenstown. We just keep bringing Queenstown. It might up. be. It might be. Uh, maybe we need to relocate. Yeah, maybe it's me going away to Queenstown. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about that a bit later. So, speaking of Queenstown, I'm actually going to Queenstown tomorrow. But that's not why I bring this up. I bring this up because Keelan, travel news. Oh yes, travel, travel news. news. And guess what? We are back with Air New Zealand this time around. So, one news is reported. Up to 100,000 Air New Zealand passengers could have their bookings cancelled. Right, so this honestly just sounds like they've overbooked themselves. Yeah, I think Air New Zealand probably didn't think people were that tempted to fly. Um, yeah, so generally how it works with these planes is that they actually do oversell tickets. So say the plane fits 300 people, they'll actually sell like 320 or 330 because they know a certain number of percentage of people won't actually turn up for their flight. They'll miss it, they'll forget about it, or they'll have a change in situation, right? Yeah. And so what happens is, is that they oversell and say everybody that wanted to catch that flight turns up plus the extra 20 or 30 people, 
You, you can't just stick them in the boot like in a car, right? Yeah, you can't just pilot. You can't double people on seats. You can't put them in the overhead. Yeah. Um, you, you, you essentially overbook a flight. And that's quite a common practice with airlines. It's not just Air New Zealand um, it, because you need to get the most bang for your buck and you need to fill up as much seats as possible on the planes to really make them worth it. So unfortunately, what's happened is, is that I think Air New Zealand didn't expect this many people to commit once they purchased yeah. the tickets. So instead of expecting 20 or 30 people not to turn up for their flights, uh, 100% of people have turned up for their flights. So these planes were already full, but then they also oversold them by another 20 or 30 seats. Yeah. Another big factor to this as well is um, the staff that they have currently are, are getting sick still. And yep. it's, you know, it's still winter. People are getting colds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're losing staff. And they can't push these people onto different flights very easily because Air New Zealand has still got a staffing shortage going on, right? Yeah. Um, they just can't hire te- people fast enough. They can't get enough crew ready because it takes about four weeks to train a staff uh, for f- actual flight, flight time. Yeah. Yep. And then they have to do some domestic flights before they can work up to international, right? Yeah. So there's a lot that they need to go through to get ready. And so Air New Zealand is still working through all of that and getting people up and running. Yeah. And we do have a source from Air New Zealand. And apparently they did mention that um, you do require a minimum 10 staff in one flight. Yeah. 10 staff every flight that they need to have. And if they don't have 10 properly trained staff who have had enough experience, they can't make the flight. Not properly. Yeah, and you know, a hundred thousand potential cancelled bookings. That's quite a lot. Yep, it's going to be a lot of very unhappy staff. Um, uh, sorry, a very a lot of very unhappy customers, right? Who are all wondering where the hell are they supposed to go mm. or how how the heck are they supposed to get to their destinations? Um, and I think a lot of people at the moment are just really desperate to get out of the country, just for personal reasons. Could be for a holiday. Could be that they're moving overseas permanently. But either way. There is a lot of people that are looking at leaving the country because we've been stuck here for so long, right? So apparently also in June, uh, in New Zealand did uh, bring up their ticket prices because of you know everything else going on, other costs going up and fuel going up. So And even then, it's still overbooked. So people don't really care. They just want to travel. People don't care. They just want out of this country for a bit. It looks like New Zealand's already back to running at about only 90% of its pre-pandemic capacity. So it's still got that 10%. Um, that that still isn't up and running. Yeah, but it looks like ten percent can equal to a hundred thousand tickets being yeah. <laughs> yeah. cancelled and redirected. Yeah. So you know, it looks like Indies has still got quite a while to go to get themselves back up and running. But in the meantime, um, yeah, just be careful. Just be a bit mindful that you may end up getting your flight delayed. Yeah, if you're not the first one to the gate. Well, the good thing for me is I'm flying Jetstar, so great. You're probably, you're probably not going to have good. a flight anyway. They're just going to cancel on you. <laughs> just start never. I hope not. I've already booked everything. I want to leave. <laughs> um, let's bring it back to houses, though. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit political, but let's not uh, okay. uh, let's not get uh, too deep into it. Okay. Um, as of the second of August, twenty twenty two, around ten thousand more permanent public homes have been added um, under the Labor government. I'm not sure if ten thousand is comparable to what they originally promised, which was, what, 300,000? It was a lot more than just 10,000. 10,000, it's going to make some kind of an impact, but it's not going to fix everything, right? It's a lot of houses, but, yeah, there's still a lot that they need to do to really 
fix what's going on. And I think that's the whole point of this. It's supposed to be able to fix what's going on. But yeah, with the housing crisis. And yeah, as I said before, they were promising a lot more houses before they came into the into parliament until they were voted in. Um, I think that was their main, was uh, the main you know, campaign point. as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I do have to defend them a little bit because COVID happened. We had to spend a lot of money for COVID relief. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, we have COVID. We have had the COVID situation. I mean, it feels like it's the excuse for everything that's gone, been late or delayed or not performed well since then. But I mean, yeah. it's a very justifiable excuse. I mean, COVID brought back a lot of people's plans. Mm. Um but yeah, unfortunately, it looks like they have built ten thousand. Ten thousand is still good. It's still some houses. Yeah, some it's, houses it's still than something. Yeah, it's not like they just abandoned this idea and just lied and just said, "Oh, cool. Well, you know, COVID happened. We don't have to build them anymore." So we have got ten thousand and thirty-seven additional public homes since um, Labor came into office. So uh, it, it definitely looks like they, they are still trying to fill that up as much as possible. Um, but I guess in terms of um, trying to compete for materials and labor and COVID, they, there's just so much other competitions and issues that kind of come up in the way, right? Before they can just be like, yep, cool. We can yep. go to another 290. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagining all the keyboard warriors just having a go in the social media about this, you know, 10,000 is not enough or whatever. But 300. Yeah, I guess in our perspective, because we do help people get into their homes, 10,000 could mean one client or it could mean two clients who mm-hmm. are struggling to find a home. So maybe just keep your thoughts to yourself if they're not nice. Yeah, if it's not nice, don't say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the next one about the Auckland flat selling for... Uh, yeah, an interesting price. And interesting price. Interesting price. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was a South Auckland flat sold for 291000 and was immediately relisted. <laughs> um, so it, it is done by um, Prakash um, at um, Rick Hill Prakash at Ray White uh, Manukau. So he, he also owns... Uh, Hills Real Estate. So he he is actually quite a well known um, trader in the property space. He's actually been doing it for quite a number. Oh, of he's years. a trader. That kind of makes more sense. Yeah, and that's why it was listed right away, right? Yeah. So he's obviously seen that there is a bit of a deal going on here. Um, he you know he he bought it for well under the CV. So he bought it for two hundred ninety one, but the CV is around three eighty. So deal wise, he got himself a really good. He got a real, really good offer. The house is just a tiny little flat. Um, it's not even particularly nice. It's only one bedrooms. Yeah, and it's on the ground floor of a two-story unit block. Correct. And it's the closest to the street. It's not exactly, you know, the prime one, right? However, he's obviously seen that there's a bit of a deal going on here, being that he could buy it for 290 and then the CV is 380. But in his case, I reckon he's probably got quite a long while that he could sit on that house. So he can probably sit on it until the market starts to recover quite easily for him. He'll have quite a lot of disposable to be able to accommodate that. And that's the it's probably the one advantage he has compared to other traders is that he's got this much additional capital and, and, and equity buffers going on in his own accounts that he's probably quite well off. To cover if the house had to sit up there for too long. I mean, this could also be that he thinks that the market is going to turn around sometime soon and <laughs> he thinks he's going to be able to flip this for a deal, 
realistically, anybody who's looking at this place at 380 is going to go, well, hang on, you just bought it for 290. Why yeah, the hell not that long ago yeah, either. Why, why would I pay you an extra 100K? Why would I bother? And he has done no work in it. And I don't think he has any intentions on it either. I, he really does, really does any work beyond getting it into a sellable state. So that's why he likes to do it. Short, sweet, and easy, right? He's just really relying on the market. Yes, yep. And then that's a big risk in that. There's a big risk in relying on the market because if it continues to go, keep slow or slow down or start to go downwards, then he is scuffed. He will have to you know, commit to that purchase or he will have to um, you know, fund it all himself. But like I said, he's actually probably going to be quite well off to be able to do that himself. But if you see this house come up, just think, he only paid 290 for it. Don't give in and ask for 380. This man did not pay 370 or 60 for it. He paid 290. But you know, it takes a lot of balls to buy a house and then immediately relist it. Like, like not even two, three days later, he had relisted it for sale. So he he'd barely even taken over ownership. Yeah. Before this had even gone up for sale again. It was only hours, several hours later. Yep. That he relisted it. Yep. The man's committed. He's very committed. Um, he's probably going to take, he's going to probably going to take whatever offers come his way as long as it, um, as long as it keeps making him profit, right? So, I mean, if it can make him 10, 20 or 15K, because he owns the, he, 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 he owns the company that the agents work for. So, he'll just pay them the bare minimum commission. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's already, you know, it's already in the national news. So, mm. If you are doing your research, looking to buy a house or a flat, yeah. and you see this one, uh, maybe do some research first. Yeah, maybe just just take note of us and think that you could probably realistically get it for like three twenty, maybe. Yeah, and if the agents who are selling this hear this podcast, we're sorry. Except we're not too sorry. Except we're not too sorry. Your, <laughs> your boss is trying to flip a profit, flip a property by doing nothing. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not into it. See, this would this would be a really common thing if it was uh, back in early 2021 um, or even the start of 2020. But nowadays, with the way things are going, this this just seems maddening. This mm. seems like such a weird thing for somebody to think that they can try and pull and it's going to work off for them. This is something that is very unusual to hit, see nowadays. And I think he's chosen to do it with like a relatively small property as well. Yeah. If we're talking a million-dollar property, that's that's entirely too much mm. but with something like this even if he sells it for what he paid for it that's a break even for him i guess yeah. minus the the lawyers and the agency fees um but you know he's just trying to i think he's probably trying to see how much he can actually probe the market for yeah well in saying that if you there, there's an aerial view of the uh, the unit block they, it looks quite old anyway it's i mean it is brick it is brick and tile so i mean it is quite nice but um, yeah, the, the the building and the area aren't particularly lovely. It's not you know in a super amazing suburb. It is Odohuhu. so you know, and even the apartment itself, probably the only thing it's got going for it is that it's just had its it's, it's had its lino redone and the walls repainted. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. Okay. Um, so you know, it's not nothing particularly special about it. But you know, I'm guessing he's just wanting to really try and see how far he can push things, yeah. um, and see how far he could take it in the market. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting one, so uh, we'll keep we'll, an eye we'll on keep this you, too. We'll keep you updated and see if it actually sells. Yeah, but um, speaking of selling things at around $200,000 mark. <laughs> Weird segue, but yep, yeah, okay, we'll run with it. Who would have thought a storage locker would sell that much? Yep, so apparently uh, 
a storage locker, and I, I mean, we mean a literal storage locker in yep. in Auckland, uh, 31 square meters, so, you know, larger than some city apartments, which that statement in its own is quite sad because if you're living in a place smaller than 31 square meters, get out. Um, how can you live in that? But, you know, an apart, uh, a storage locker for only 31 square meters sold for $200,000. It's not livable. You could rent it, sure, but $200,000 for a locker. Someone's got some spare cash. Somebody has definitely got spare cash, and it's somebody in that building too. So one of the conditions is that you do actually have to reside in the building, right? So renting it to somebody outside, I mean, I'm not sure if you're able to rent it to somebody outside of the building quite easily, but if you wanted to own it, you have to live in the building. 31 square meters, that's a lot of space. I guess it's a lot of room to store for something in Auckland, but I'm just wondering what drove somebody to go pay $200,000? Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, I, this can answer you. It it wasn't an auction. So auctions can get really wild. I mean, they could get really wild maybe, you know, last year, but nowadays most things are actually ending up passing in at auction. Yeah. And I mean, there could have been some heated battle, I guess, between some of the existing tenants that have been eyeing it up because, I mean, you know, uh, apartments themselves generally don't have a lot of storage. So you may prioritize, personally, having a lot more storage space. And if you have the biggest unit in the building to store all your crap in, you know, who's, who are you to complain? Yeah. Well, even the agent was um, admitting to how unusual the amount of uh, interest and inquiries he got. Um, apparently, within the, in the first day, he got around 10 and uh, over the three-week campaign that they had, they had over 50 or 60 people asking about it. So it was really sought after. Again, not sure why. I think I'll have to actually go into the building to see. It, it, it isn't livable. You can't convert it to anything. No. It's in a car park building. So I don't understand. $200,000? I guess maybe if you were to like stick a table or a bench, you could like essentially turn it into like a workspace or something. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I guess if you don't have a lot of storage in your apartment, then the next best place to store everything and hold all your junk is in your storage locker. So $200,000 for a nice big space to store all your stuff. I guess you wouldn't mind paying that. I'd rather just pay, you know, a decent price of like <laughs> eight or seven and get an actual yeah. piece of property with land and I can stick as many sheds on there as I want. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe this guy is actually rich and he could just pay off the 200000 But in this One Roof article that mentions it, at the end, it says the price doesn't actually break the record. And uh, what actually broke the record last time was this $288,000 car park for a prestigious new apartment building um, on Custom Street, which is in, in Auckland City. So that was a year ago, 288,000 for a car park. People have money to, to spend around, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think people are honestly just have the view skewed by living in apartments. Cause I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of space to work with. You don't have a lot of room to store stuff. So when you find a way to be able to, you know, store all that stuff, the first thing you're gonna wanna do is get it. You're going to be want to be that person that owns all of that extra space. Um, and I guess I guess storage lockers are the way to do it. Guess you just have to fight everybody else in the building and get yourself a storage locker, uh, yeah. no matter the price tag. <laughs> I don't think banks would lend on that. I think I'm, I'm probably sure, not. I'm sure it'd have to be cash. I'm yeah. sure you would have to pay cash for that. Well, you know, it might be a bit dodgy. That's probably why they're spending a lot of money on it. <laughs> 
Anyway, let's move right past that. Anyway, let's move right past um, that. So there actually has been some news on um, an Aucklander. Mm. Back to Auckland. Here we go. His name is Jonathan Brownlee. And you might have heard his story. He is a 26-year-old with 51 properties. So immediately that that rings a lot of alert bells mm -hmm. for a lot of people out there. And of course, people get jealous. Yes. And that's that's the that's the initial reaction that a lot of people got, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, it brings it back to that tall poppy syndrome we were yeah. talking about in the past. I, I will admit, 51 properties sounds insane to me. That is a lot of properties to try and manage. I mean, most likely he has a rental manager, um, but you know that's a lot of properties to try and keep an eye on, try to make sure you've got rent coming in, trying to make sure you can keep on top of the maintenance and all that kind of stuff. That is a lot of houses um, to have coming across. Yeah. So with that 51 property, uh, he has more than $20 million in his portfolio, which doesn't really sound like a lot for 51 properties. It really breaks out to be about 400000 a property on yeah. average. So it looks like he's going the, the cheaper route. The quantity over quality. Which um, for him... I guess that's his strategy. Mm -hmm. He is only 26 years old. Yeah. Again, though, it's, it's really disheartening to, you know, instead of encouraging uh, young ones who, you know, potentially might um, get themselves financially free earlier in life, everyone instead is, you know, crapping on them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the uh, comments were that, you know, this man is disgusting. This man is, you know, he's the reason that I can't buy a house, yada, yada, yada. That's not the reason, uh, it, mate. It, it's, not, it's not the reason, you know. Um, it certainly doesn't fix the problem, right? But it certainly doesn't put a dampener in it. I, I guess it isn't, it isn't really the cause of everyone else's problems, right? And I think this man has just taken advantage of the situation that he's in, right? So he's put himself into a situation where his parents helped him out at the start. After that, though, from the sounds of it, he just took care of himself. He leveraged his properties. He used his equity. He kept buying, kept buying, kept renting, renting them out, bringing in the rent, paying off the mortgage, using the new equity with the increasing in value, leveraging it again, doing it again and again and again. Yeah, until he gets to his 51. Until he gets to 51, yep. Um, and I think it brings it back to that, you know, once you buy property, it's, it's generally a snowball effect is that you know, once you buy the first one, usually your hardest. After that, the second one's easy because you don't have to save the deposit. You can use the equity. After that, you've got two properties that you can use to buy the third and then going on and on and on. And it just gets to get easier and easier and easier because you have multiple things working towards helping you be in that position, right? Yeah, and for a 26-year-old to be switched on as he is. That's, that's amazing. Actually, yeah. That's great. Like, good on him. Yeah, it's just 51 properties is insane. I'm sure I would stop at like 10. That, that's honestly a lot to manage. But honestly, it's a, a, it's a I, lot. I already stress out when I have a whole street mm. bought in Monopoly. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's too much. <laughs> I have to keep everything up in perfect little rows and you know make yeah. sure that you've got everything nice and clearly uh, sorted out. You know, and I mean, in his case, he is, this is it. He probably doesn't need to work realistically he probably has more than enough money coming in to cover them mortgages. no he gets one million in rental return already so i mean let's let's have a look let's have a look at what his potential loan payments are he has about nine million dollars in mortgages right he owes the banks around 11 million 11 million and has nine mil in equity 
Yep. So, I mean, at the moment, interest rates are sitting around the 5% mark. Let's say he's got the 30, uh, a 30 year term loan and all of these. Per month, he only has to pay back $60,000. So, per year, he only needs to pay back 720. That's as much as Bob But he house. brings in a million dollars a year. So this man has $300,000 a year of disposable income, not including taxes. So yeah, that's quite a bit. let's say he pays a third of that in taxes. He still has $200,000 coming into his pocket with that he can, you know, live off, essentially. <laughs> he, he doesn't need to work ever again, to be honest. No, I mean, if it, it seems like... He's hoarding these houses this, at this point. Hoarding, it, it, I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, not He's in just a bad trying way. to build up his portfolio, um, again, going the, the cheaper route of doing so. Um, it does mention in this article that, yeah, his, like we said before, his parents did help him out. His first property. Um, they only helped him with the first one, right? So yes, only, only the first one. 400000 Yeah. That's, that's all they gave him, yeah. which is a lot. It is a lot of money. Um, I'm not, I don't want to dampen that. That is a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm not sure they actually paid for the whole amount. You know, they, they um, only really helped. They only really helped out to get yeah. him the first one. And this is a Hamilton home, four hundred thirteen thousand. And this was back in 2015. So, again, you naturally let the market bring it up. It does go up. I think it brings back to that point that that time in the market will always um, out outweigh. You know time trying to idealize picking the right time to enter right if you constantly think when is the right time when is the right time it'll never be the right time but if you just buy into the market at when you're ready and just sitting there you're always going to outcompete waiting and waiting and waiting and it does mention that his parents are both accountants so he does get a lot of help in yep. terms of budgeting and yep. setting himself up mm-hmm. and it's not like you know the public or anyone else who's listening or has seen this article it's not like you can't do that no. you may have friends who are accountants you can partner up with and it, help yourself it's get to that point it's going to be as easy as the way he has, he's had it cuz he's getting free tax advice <laughs> essentially yeah. right um, but in his case you know he he used what was around him he used what was around him. He used his parents. He used probably friends and family to help get him into this position as well, um, other members of his family. So, you know, it's not to say that just because your situation isn't the same is, isn't the same as his doesn't mean you can't end up like this. Yeah. You need to, you need to take advantage of where you are right now and yeah. make that work for you. And, I mean, again, so if you... If- it's one of those things where if you have only negative comments, what's the point? Why waste your breath if you're just going to be jealous of someone else? This kid, he's only 26 and he's got 51 properties. Why not look up to him and see what you can do if you want to be financially free? Utilize what's around you. If you can't find anyone, you know, there's always places to that find, can help you out. You can find other people who are in your situation. You can ask people for their opinions on what you should do, right? And then at the very least, you know, you you have a starting point. You know, okay, cool. Maybe I can't afford Auckland. Okay, maybe I need to look somewhere else. But, you know, you take advantage of your situation and don't limit yourself. You can end up in his situation. Probably not with 51 properties. That's no. a lot. <laughs> but having enough money coming in where you don't need to worry about where your next paycheck is going to go or where you need to find that extra money to cover your rent this week. Well, take it as an encouragement. Uh, again, we I probably wouldn't want to manage 50 on properties, but you know he should at least inspire some people to... Oh, definitely. You know. I mean, at this point, I only have 
one year to buy another 50 properties and then I can keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one home a month. Not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, not at this point. Um, but, you know, that's that's my goal for, for 2022 now is to buy one property every month. <laughs> <laughs> and see if I, I can keep up with it. stick with trying to play Monopoly. Yeah, I stick with trying to play Monopoly. I think it sounds like the much safer bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for, I guess, for today, I guess. Yeah, I think that'll, yeah. that'll be it. Um, it is a Monday. We are recording on the Monday. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is I am flying off to Queenstown for a little break. Yeah, well-deserved. Um, yeah, well-deserved. Yes, I'll be there for a week. Be attending a wedding, and it will be cold. I think it will be freezing. It's already cold in Auckland now, but it'll be a nice break. Time to get away from Keelan for once. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to stay around me too long, to be honest, guys. <laughs> um, no, but I think you deserve it. Um, I think you deserve to get down there, have a Ferg burger. Nah, overrated. No, oh, he said it. Nah, he said it. We, oh. Oh, we're never going to get sponsored now, are we? <laughs> No, but I think you definitely deserve to have a break, have a getaway, and then come back and we can all start fresh again in the yeah. new week. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I, to everyone else out there, I hope you guys do enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you have a great time. Um, and if you are planning on getting out anytime soon, we'd love to hear about it yeah. just so that we can, you know, feel jealous. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I can feel jealous because Anthony's going. <laughs> You've had your holiday. Oh, I'll have another yeah. one and a heartbeat. Yeah. Everyone wants a holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe, maybe uh, watch out for those in New Zealand tickets. So that's um, some good advice. Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening again. Thank uh, you very if, much for listening. Yeah, if you have any questions or if you have any comments, please email us um, at keepingyourhousewarm at finax.co.nz. That is F-I-N-A-X.co.nz. Um, yeah, have a good week. I will be back on Saturday. Yeah, See in the meantime, then. bye guys. Bye guys. Bye guys.